Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college who do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and it's Friday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com, your emails. You want to talk about some all-star snubs or Venus vs. Serena, Ray and Tay today at gmail.com. We are here for you to talk some sports. Ray, let's get into it. A lot of stuff going in the NBA. We'll get to the trade rumors in a minute and how that's going to play out. But the all-star rosters were set, and I want to find out your thought on the snubs. So let me start with this. In the West, Ray, we obviously know is Russell Westbrook was going to be the sixth man, sort of. Clay Thompson and Draymond Green get added. DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Saul, DeAndre Jordan first time, and Gordon Hayward. Give me your, we'll get to the East. Give me your thoughts on the West, and do you feel LaMarcus Aldridge or Damian Lillard were snubbed? You know, at the end of the day, there are, whenever you have somebody snubbed, you've got to drop somebody from the team. And, you know, Rudy Gobert probably thought he could make the team. And, you know, look at the East. Carmelo's a perennial all-star. LaMarcus Aldridge is a perennial all-star. So I got to be honest, I don't have a problem. Aldridge could argue he's got the second-best record in basketball. So that's got to count for something. But who are you leaving off? Give me the guy. So let's say he was snubbed you're leaving off. I totally agree. When I look at the West, I think Lillard and C.J. McCullough, you know, battle for votes. And the problem with them is they're like the ninth seed right now behind the Denver Nuggets. So it's a disappointing season. Um, Marcus Saul is playing great. Memphis is doing well. I'm surprised they have three centers. And then you got Anthony Davis in the starters. So it's almost like three and a half, four centers. And I'm okay with obviously the Warrior guys. You know, DeAndre Jordan is the one that you could question because I think Hayward with the Jazz being in the fifth seed. But I think DeAndre's had a really impressive season. I'm just shocked they took three centers. So I could see Aldridge being in there for DeAndre Jordan. That's the only one I could argue because what you said, the Spurs have the second best record in the West and in the NBA. But I'm pretty happy with the West, Ray. I mean, the West has a bomb squad. They're big. (laughs) They're, they have the four guards, the four MVP guards, right? They're big. Yeah. And they have the two, you know, killer versatile players in Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. So this this is one of the best teams ever assembled, I got to tell you, just that West team. I mean, the only guy they're missing is LeBron James, and, and these are the best players in the NBA. Well, yeah, I mean, the West would be missing. Chris Paul would have made it because he was having a great year and then maybe a healthy uh, Blake Griffin who started out really well. But, yeah, you know, it's solid. 
And, you know, let's be honest, Lillard and CJ, a little disappointing this year, just a little. Um, As much as we love, you know, well, we both like uh, Dame Lillard, um, you got to believe that they would have, I would have thought they would have been in a seventh or eighth seed now, nowhere near as low um, as as they are. You know what I mean? And I'm happy for Marcus Saul, right? You know, like he, and, and then poor Mike Conley, right? He can never get on, and, and all he does is play great every season. So don't feel sorry for Mike Conley. He makes thirty million dollars. So Amen. He's all right. <laughs> all right, Mike let's is get all right. To, let's get to the East, man, because this is the weirdest team I've ever seen because they have no center. So Isaiah Thomas from Boston, who's probably third or fourth in MVP voting right now, second in scoring in the league, is just, you know, second year in a row, an all-star killing it. John Walls had the greatest turnaround. The Wizards are now balling at the, like, fourth or fifth seed, now the fifth seed behind Atlanta, killing it. Uh, Kevin Love, I had some questions about him, but, you know, okay, the first seed, and he's, you know – averaging a double-double, the only guy in the East doing that um, in terms of points and rebounds. Kyle Lowry, your boy Paul George, a little questionable. I think the Pacers are the seventh seed. He's got 22 points a game. Uh, Okay. And then you have Kemba Walker, 23 points a game, killing it for your Hornets, who you should be rocking their jersey. You need to get a Kemba jersey. Although, you know, you can't do that because you're a grown man and he's younger than you. But Kemba Walker, Ray, He's, he's really, this is his first all-star, and I'm proud of him. And then Paul Millsap, who, how could you argue, his numbers are solid, and the Hawks are the fourth seed, and he's the best player. Now, you could, I guess for me, and I want to ask you, are you upset no Dwight Howard, no Drummond, and no Joel Embiid, who all three, and no Mello, all four of those guys could have a case. What, what, what are your thoughts about the East? So the East squad, like you said, is very – weird <laughs> there's talent <laughs> there but i gotta tell you that west team is head and shoulders better than the east but looking at the east look at this so start with the snubs right i can't put joel Embiid in there because he missed too many games you know he plays every other game and when he does play he plays well and if he played consistently like that every game then I would say, all right, he's an all-star. But you know what? If if uh, you he's know, a year away. Guys, I, what's that? He's a year away. I think he's, he's a, a year, year away. away. And think about if, if LeBron got to play every other game, <laughs> what his numbers would be, or anybody else for that matter. So not knocking him at all, but no, can't, can't, can't do it. Knicks have lost like 13 of 18 or 19 or something like that. Yeah, you know you what? Put can't put Melo on the team. Uh, you know, Paul George and a few other of these small forward, you know, combo types are, are, are their teams are doing better and they're playing individually just as well. Uh, Drummond was on the verge last year of being, you know, the best center in the league. So he's kind of leveled off a little bit. Detroit, we had hoped with Reggie Jackson coming back would be, you know, much better than, you know, they've been inconsistent. So, all of those guys have a case. I mean, I shouldn't say all of them. Embiid and Melo, probably not, but but you could make the case for Drummond, potentially. Uh, so, you know, I, I can live with the East as well. There's nobody that I'm banging the table for this year. But but aren't you sort of baffled by, one, the NBA never, like, adjusts to 13 players when they play 13 players every night, 
And, you know, that's Tay's just banging the table thing, but it makes me crazy because it doesn't make any sense, right? That's number one. But number two, how do you have no centers on your team? None. Kevin Love, Millsap, and LeBron are your centers. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Now, the, the, the rosters came out simultaneously, but I'm sure when the East saw the West's roster with the three centers, they were like, <laughs> uh-oh, we're in trouble. Yeah, three not centers only, plus Anthony Davis, right? <laughs> not only – yeah, Anthony Davis was basically – not only does the West have – you could argue LeBron James the best player in the league. Yeah, we could argue that. But the best the, – the, the, sorry, the West has like the next seven players. And <laughs> – you know what I mean? They have like seven future and current or future MVPs on on that roster, and they're they have the size and they have the the guards. So if you're the East, how are you going to win this game? I mean, unless the, the people just don't don't care and it's a street you know the street ball game, they're bigger, they're better, they're they're more talented. I mean, I, I, this game to me is a blowout. The West should win by 30. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, I totally agree. Let's keep it moving with the NBA. So we've got some issues with the Bulls and Cavs. But before we get to that, let's focus on the Knicks and Carmelo with these trade rumors. My I man, Carmelo. I know, man. And I think we're at a point, Ray, where it's, it's blatantly disrespectful. Now, this is the first time he hasn't made an all star game. But to me, still averaging 22, you know, 24 points a game. To me, to, to, to say that you're willing, you know, to trade Melo to the Clippers and not get back one of the big three and possibly not even back, back J.J. Redick, that you would do it for Austin Rivers, you know, a first-round pick, maybe Bryce Johnson and Jamal Crawford, that, that, that's hurtful. That's hurting a man's feelings and ego. And as a Knicks fan – I'm insulted, and I feel like Phil needs to go instead of Melo because if he does that trade, Ray, and we get back nothing, I, I mean, not that I want Kevin Love, right? And Cleveland rejected that, and Boston doesn't want Melo at all. I mean, what's going on? Nobody wants my man, my Melo? I mean, talk to me. You doing that Clippers deal? No. I mean, the only reason to do the deal would be to get, like, what does Carmelo have, three more years on this contract? I so, think so. The, the only reason to do the deal would be to get expiring contracts and just hit free agency hard in the next two years, the next two summers. But remember what happened when we traded for Carmelo. To just remember the saga. This is what really angers me about this. And, and yeah, I feel sorry for Carmelo. But think about who's feeling sorry for the Knicks fans. Remember, we traded this guy midseason, and we gave him everything. We gave him the seven, what, amount, what will amount to a seven-year contract, a max deal, a no-trade clause. We gave up Tim O'Fay. We gave up Wilson Chandler. We gave up Danilo Gallinari. Not that any of these guys are, are great, but we could have had Melo for nothing in the offseason. He wanted to come anyway. And now we got a no-trade clause, so we can't even trade him without his agreeing, and he's you know, angered. So I don't feel bad for Melo because he got everything he wanted. And But I do feel bad for the Knicks fans. You know what I'm saying? I, Phil Jackson's got to go. And unfortunately, 
Mello, he's got to go too. We need to start fresh. We need to bring in a new regime. We need to just just blow this up, center around uh, Kristaps Porzingis. He's really the only player on our team who's young and worthy of building the team. Courtney Lee's a nice piece. Uh, you know, Kyle Quinn is, is okay. Thomas is okay. Uh, but he's really the only guy that you could argue, you know, I could put my hat, throw my hat in the ring with Chris Stapps. So we need a few more Chris Stappses. How do you say Chris Stapps in plural? What's the plural of Chris Stapps? It, it's <laughs> got to be Christopos. Christopos. <laughs> so, yeah, Christi- we need some Stapos. Christopos. <laughs> Christi- but you see what I'm saying? Ugh, Carmelo is is a, and and it's better for him too to leave New York. It is it's over for him here, especially if you want to win a championship. If you want to do it, move on. You need to move on. Yeah, and I hate to say it. I mean, I said this what three four years ago when we had our show and we hired our buddy Hank Collin, and I you know I just said we would we would stay with Melo in mediocrity forever and that's we, we've barely been mediocre right we've been horrible and and i like Melo. it's like it's a weird feeling right because it's like i feel if he's the second or third best player like on the olympics he shines and then he's great but when he's got to be the guy he doesn't make other guys better because i guess he feels the burden and the lack of trust because he's not playing with great scorers that he's got to do it all, and then in turn, it hurts everyone, including himself. And it's his game, too. His game is not an inclusive game. It's a very limited offensive, uh, you know, post-up, top of the key. You know, he he has like three or four spots on the court that he likes. He's he's an unbelievable, prolific half-court offensive player, but – that's about where it ends. He doesn't make an impact offensively in terms of getting other people involved. And defensively, he's, you know, average at best. So you're right. This guy cannot be, if Carmelo's your number one option, you're not winning a championship. But you know what? On Cleveland, doing some stretch four like he does in the Olympics, I think he's a great player. So, and so, he, tell, because... me about, so tell me what you think about this Kevin Love for Carmelo. If you, would you do it if you're the Knicks, or would you do it if you were the Cavs? Obviously, the Cavs apparently said no. The Cavs want them to throw in one of their young players like Kuzmiskis or, you know, Billy Hernan Gomez and is like a pick. And I'm sure the Knicks are like, you know, because like LeBron says, you know, he's upset. They've only, they need a playmaker. They need a backup point guard. He's only got 14 guys on the roster. You know, he wants Dan Gilbert to like pay, you know, $150 million and donate blood, you know. Look, Gilbert's done a lot, and, and LeBron's just frustrated because he's playing so many minutes, and JR's not there. And they, they really, he really wanted to keep Della Vadova. And, you know, they didn't. So I get it, but I think LeBron's kind of being a baby. And that's what Barkley and, and, and Kenny were saying the other night, and Shaq had LeBron's back. And, you know, I'm sort of in between because I see what LeBron's saying because, like you said, you can't rely on, on Kay Fielder, the rookie from Oakland you know, against Toronto in the playoffs or against Golden State, you know, when you get to those, you know, Eastern Conference and then the championship. So, but a, a mellow would help them so much. I just don't think the Knicks benefit from getting a Kevin Love whose health is questionable, and then he plays the same position as Porzingis. Unless you're going to bench Noah, 
put Love at the four and play Porzingis at the five, which is very feasible. Uh, I don't like it defensively and we're crazy soft, but, you know, you could do that. I don't know, Ray. At the end of the day, I don't think he's going to go anywhere because I just don't think it's going to work out. I really don't. I, yeah, I'm, it's either Clippers or nowhere. Money. Yeah. It, you know, it's Clippers or nowhere. So let me ask you this. Let's talk about some of the issues. Look, um, Butler and Wade, uh, you know, the Bulls are playing, hosting the Heat tonight, and those guys won't start kind of punished for – you know, speaking to the media, then Rondo last, later last night, you know, went on Instagram and kind of blasted them and said that Garnett and Pierce were much better leaders and would never talk to the media like that. And that's not how it should be done. And you got to, you know, teach the young players by example. And I, and I kind of agree with, with Rondo more than Butler and Wade. But then, you know, you're hearing mixed things. So other teammates are supposedly saying, Ray, that they're just playing buddy ball, that they're not passing it to other people. And then Butler and Wade are like, these guys aren't showing up all the time. And, you know, we should be taking the clutch shots at the end. The reality is it's not a good roster. So at the eighth seed right now, Ray, they are who we thought they were, right? I mean, come on, what's going on with the Bulls in your mind? The Bulls had some glaring weaknesses coming into the season, and they haven't gotten any better. So they still can't shoot. And the two people that can shoot, you know, Doug McDermott and, and uh, Miritich, they can't really impact the game on in, in other facets, so their li- minutes are limited. They really the Bulls this Bulls team doesn't really have an identity. I mean, they have they have three good players, and then the rest are sort of average or below average. So, yeah, the, this team really. I don't know that we should expect them to be much better than a 500 team. They're 23 and 24 right now. You know, let's say they're they move up to the sixth, seventh seed, fifth seed at best. Uh, they're not getting a home playoff series. When the game slows down in the playoffs, you know who who's going to hit a clutch shot? I mean, Jimmy Butler or, or, or Wade. I mean, like I said, those two are very talented, and Rondo's got his championship pedigree, but. Something's missing on that team, and and that team is is a one and done. Maybe they win a series. Uh, I, I don't even think they win a series. I mean, they, they well, if they're the focus. AC, they're going to get killed by Cleveland. They don't match yeah, up well. Yeah, but I think I think ultimately they can catch Indiana or Charlotte. I mean, I, I'm not sure those teams are that good. So you know, they they might get out of the way of Cleveland and, and go meet a Boston or a Toronto. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it could be. It's going to be fascinating how it plays out. And the trade deadline, look, all-star break's coming um, next you know, week's the Super Bowl, and then the weekend after that is the all-star. And um, <laughs> I'm laughing, and we'll get into it at, you know, the Friday before in terms of our picks and looking at the Duncan three-point. But I'm hearing your boy Zach Levine is not going to defend his title, and Glenn Robinson III is jumping in against Aaron Gordon. I'm like, come on, Zach Levine. Like, you're too good to not be in the dunk contest? Like, I don't know. That's just kind of weird to me. You won it. You should at least defend it. Yeah. You know, this whole thing to me is on LeBron James. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm half, I'm half joking, but half not. The people who compete in this game and win this game – win this contest are not stars 
uh, anymore, right? It used to be that the stars did it. So maybe Levine is like, look, he's got an image consultant in his ear saying, you know, Kobe wanted, Vince Carter wanted, Dwight Howard wanted, but ultimately for the last, you know, for the for the Blake Griffin, I guess was the last, you know, sort of legitimate uh, star, all star to win it. Uh, but for the last five, six, seven years now, for the most part, people who win this are obscure dunkers. And, you know, I guess LeBron's window is gone, but the NBA has to figure out a way to get stars back into this because I'm I'm pretty sure that's what's going through Zach Levine's mind. He's probably up for his new contract soon, and he doesn't want to be known as the dunker. He wants to be an all-star. He wants to make the team. You know who he wants to be? He wants He's to be so athlete. far away, though, Ray, and that team's been disappointing this year. Let's be honest. To me, if I'm him, I'm showing up that weekend because it actually builds up his Q rating, gets him another commercial maybe, or his first commercial. Let's keep it real, right? And to me, I'd rather be there that weekend than not be there at all. Uh. Yeah, I mean, to me, he, he wants to be DeMar DeRozan. You know what I'm saying? He wants to be an all-star and get paid like an all-star uh, as opposed to being – DeMar got game. <laughs> uh, yeah, as opposed to being like Nate Robinson, you know, a, a three-time defending dunk champion. So maybe that's what's going through his mind. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay. Well, listen, let's move on to the first – major of the year in tennis, Ray, before we end with college hoops, we got to give it up because not that either one of us is probably going to be up 3.30 in the morning uh, tonight, you know, going into tomorrow or the same thing on Sunday, but to have Serena against Venus and then to have Nadal against Federer, it's like you're going back to 07 and 08, Ray. That's classic. And I'm just, I'm ecstatic. And it's something that, okay, I'm not watching it live, but, yeah, I got to DVR it because this might not ever happen again. And I think if you're a sports fan and a tennis fan, this is something to appreciate, respect, love, and cherish. Don't you agree? Oh, this is unbelievable. Um, I don't know how many Grand Slams Venus has. I think it's seven or eight. But Serena has 22. Federer has 17. And Nadal has 14. So think about that. You're talking about like almost 60 <laughs> majors. That's it's, it's incredible. Crazy. And this is like the eighth is, final that the, the, the sisters have met in, right? I think this is the eighth final that Venus that right? and Serena have This is the best collection of athletes in the tennis game ever. Yeah. In the final four. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's great. I'll tell you this. For me, I think Serena's going to win in two sets. Uh... Venus is looking pretty good. I mean, I saw a couple of matches, you know, but overall, Serena's healthy, Ray. And I think, not that, you know, when she lost last year, she, you know, she had a couple of bumps and bruises, but sometimes, you know, she, she just kind of, she lost. But I think, I feel like she's in a good spot. You know, she's engaged, she's getting married, she's healthy. And this might be a year where she sweeps it, Ray. She might, she might, you know, get the Australian, the French, Wimbledon, and, and the U.S. Open, which would be a great way to break the all-time record and just be amazing. But I think she beats uh, Venus probably, you know, 6'4", 6'3", something like that. Well, 
I, I'll agree with that, although I will say I was tremendously impressed with Venus Williams losing her semifinal first set, 7-6, yeah. and you thought, oh, here she comes. She's 36 years old. She's the oldest woman to reach a, you know, a semis in, in a long, long time, and then boom, the next two sets, 6-3, six, 6-2. Six, six, so Venus has still got some juice in her, but I, I think the one – let, let, let me put it differently. I think Venus could have beaten anybody else tonight or what it will yeah. amount to tomorrow morning, just not Serena. Serena knows <laughs> her knows her tricks, and I think it's Serena's. But this is unbelievable. You couldn't ask for anything more. 19 years ago, they played in their first match in the U.S. Uh, in the Australian Open when they when Serena just turned pro, and then 19 years later, they're playing for a finals. Would you say the eighth time? That that's unbelievable. I guess eight. Yeah, that, that that's just. It's outstanding. And then Nadal Federer, I guess for me, you know, I've been so wanting Federer to get another one, but I, I really like Nadal. And, you know, we, we've both been so on the Joker who got eliminated, like, quick, fast, in a hurry. But I'll say with, with Nadal being healthy again, because that's been his thing. Like, he, he basically, he just hasn't been healthy, you know? And Federer is, you know, this is like his last, I mean, what you always want to say, or you keep saying, this is his last, this is his last this, and he keeps on coming. So it's kind of just, it's amazing, right? But I'm going to say the doll wins in four sets. Um, It could go five, but for some reason, I think the doll is just going to be able to, even though Roger has got the heart and could probably push it to five, I could see, you know, like a a, a six three, six two, you know, you know, f- four six for Federer, and then and then another six six four, and I think Nadal gets it done in four sets, right? So if this was at the French Open, you'd say Nadal a hundred percent. If this was at Wimbledon on the grass, you'd say mm, it's close, maybe Nadal. This is on a hard surface in. Australia, down under in Melbourne, and Rafa played a five-hour semi. So all of that taking into account age, they're both now 30. Can you imagine Rafael Nadal is 30, Federer's 35. I think that our Fed has one last one in it. Oh my God! Because you know Murray and Djokovic are still you know younger and 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 just as powerful with the serve and and more. Athletic. By the way, you said Nadal's thirty five now, really? No, Nadal's thirty. Nadal just turned thirty. Oh, thirty. Okay, I didn't think. Uh, uh, Federer's thirty five. Okay, okay, because I'm like Nadal. Seems you know he's still kind of. Because so Joker's I'm gonna say, like I'm gonna say Federer. I'll say Federer wins Federer. in a classic matchup. Yeah, I'll say Roger goes for number eighteen. Wow, that would that would be awesome. All right, man. Listen, let's 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 knock this out because we got some great college hoops to talk about. And what's so fascinating to me about it is that couple things. Number one, oodles and oodles of O's of upsets this week, Ray. I mean, clearly, you know, when number one, two, and four go down in the same night, UCLA uses. Loses to USC. I mean, everybody and their mama is losing. And this weekend, you've got Virginia Villanova. You have Kansas, Kentucky, at Kentucky. 
Um, you know, Georgetown, who beat Creighton, they're playing Butler. I mean, so you've got some good games, some good matchups. And if Baylor beats Ole Miss, you could have it where Gonzaga, who I've been banging the table, if they beat uh, Pepperdine, they'll be 22-0. They could be number one. Baylor could move up to two. The Kentucky-Kansas winner, and even though they both lost, I figured would be, you know, probably be three. How do you think this is going to play out? And then, obviously, Arizona can move up. Our Tar Heels, Butler can move up. What do you think is going to happen? And do you think Virginia could upset Villanova? What does Villanova no, got? I think Villanova caught their loss already. Uh, you know, I, would yeah. think, I would think it takes a very good performance to beat Villanova before they get to the Big East tournament. So uh, I'm, I'm still high on Villanova. You know, obviously the, the game I want to see is, is that Kansas-Kentucky game. <laughs> the two blue interrupt. winning oh, program yeah. It's in Rupp, so, so you got to figure Kentucky has a little bit of an advantage there. But Bill and, – and, you know, what's funny is Bill Self, all these coaches, they kind of shake hands and kiss each other and whatever. Bill Self and John Calipari don't like each other, which is okay. You know what I mean? Not everybody needs yeah. to love each other. And, and if you don't, don't fake it. You know, these two yeah. don't really care for each other. And obviously they have – they met when Calipari was at Memphis and Kansas. Uh, Mario Chalmers hit his shot. Yeah, Derek Rose, yeah. 2012, the Kansas team – won their national championship. I'm mean, sorry, the Kentucky team won their national championship. So I have a feeling that this is going to be a really good game, and the winner will move up to number two uh, behind number one, the Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggies. The this Ziggy is great Dag. for Gonzaga. I'm I would so hope so. You know what? Uh, you can't do more than be undefeated at this point. And it's not oh, yeah. like somebody in with one, two, or three losses has played such an unbelievable schedule, right? Villanova, the, the, the current Big East is not what it used to be. And so all of these teams, and even if Kansas wins, they still have two losses. Kentucky will, will have three losses. So I – the Ziggies, man. Hey, give it to the Zags. Give it to them. They deserve to be number one. The only thing I would say is that Baylor could be two, maybe they're three, because the Kansas-Kentucky winner is beating another big team, even though they both lost. Yeah, for sure. Right, but Baylor, but Baylor. And real quick, before we roll out, man, what's, what's wrong with Duke? They are struggling, 17 in the country. They're about to probably, yeah, they'll be Wake Forest, but I think they wind up dropping after that loss to NC State at home. I think they wind up being 19th or 20th in the country. Duke is struggling. Yeah, which is not bode doesn't bode well for Jeff Capel because you know he was a former head coach and he had Blake Griffin and he had you know young talent. So you would figure they should be able to pull this together. It's not easy in the ACC, but their roster is stacked. So they really should be able to withstand Coach K going down. I'm going to give you my upset special for the weekend, man, and it's more because of my heart. Real quick, so my Terps are going to beat Minnesota, and Minnesota's a good team, but my upset special is Xavier at St. John's. Xavier is falling. They're going to be 14-7, and seven, and our Johnnies are going to get a win, baby. I'm okay. telling you, that's uh, my upset special. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. Okay. All right, I'll give you Rutgers at the rack beating Wisconsin. Just just off the Stop top. It. 
Yeah, Dominic. Rutgers at the rack. The Rutgers <laughs> Athletic Center. You don't know about the rack. Uh, now, if that happens, wow. Ni- uh, your boy, uh, Niger, needs to, oh, my God. That would, that would be a huge upset because Rutgers is like the stepping, you know, they just get stepped on in the Big Ten right now. So, look, it's going to be a great sports week. And, hey, I got to give you a pick. AFC over NFC, I'll say 34-30. In, the in Pro dodgeball Bowl. or in football? <laughs> I missed that. I heard it was funny. They said it's something we might have to throw into uh, the news, but I heard Alex Smith was throwing kind of sidearm, looking kind of looking kind of soft, they said. <laughs> <laughs> I can't judge a man on how he plays dodgeball. You know what I mean? And, and you I know what? Not. To play NFL football, you're a pretty tough dude, man. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't hate on any of these guys. But who's going to win, AFC or NFC? Who are you going with? Oh, God. You know what? I'll take the NFC. I got a little feeling that it's my, my boys <laughs> in the NFC can do some things. Dak Prescott and Drew Brees, I hear you. I yeah. Hear you. you know, we'll so, see. We'll see. Next week, it's going to be a good sports weekend. The NBA games, you got, uh, what, Clippers, Warriors, and then uh, Sunday is Spurs somebody. So some some good matchups. And um, and next week, it's Super Bowl talk. We'll get ready. Friday will be the official preview. Monday, we'll start breaking down different sides of the ball, some, you know, sleeper players to look for. So uh, have a great sports weekend. Thanks for listening. We are out.